0: Why it's really important is that you can really help a cause, you can really make change, and you can really change someone's life, or a family's life, unfortunately after bereavement, or you can really help uh, change the, the direction of a company through mobile giving.
1: Welcome to the Social Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host Lawrence Ampofo. Today we're here with the head of digital at Just Giving, Danny Denhard. In this interview, Danny will tell you about the latest developments in mobile giving and he'll also tell you how it will affect your business. You should listen to the show if you want to understand what mobile giving is exactly, the future of mobile giving and also its potential to impact business. But first of all, welcome to the Social Intelligence Podcast. In this new series, we bring you the best teachers and thought leaders to bring you the latest technology developments best practices and latest thinking on the way social media intelligence can help impact your business. Okay enjoy the show with Danny Denhard. Okay well um, Danny welcome to the show and um, thanks so much for being here I'm looking forward to talking with you and getting your wisdom so welcome.
0: Thank you thanks for having me.
1: So, I'm wondering if you can just start by um, giving the audience a bit more of a sense of yourself and particularly your journey. How did you come to be focusing on digital and, more importantly, mobile giving?
0: Sure. So, hi, my name is Danny Denhard. Uh, there's only two of us in the world with the same name. So, so, I'm lucky enough to. Yeah, <laughs> so. so. Uh, and one guy actually is in Australia. So, I, t- I, I was there first. So, uh, <laughs> it's good to. You can. People tend to find me online, which is a gift and a curse. <laughs> but uh, basically, a little bit about me is uh, I'm head of product marketing or digital, depends on the day, uh, at just Given, uh, We're the largest um, money-giving platform or donation platform in the world. Uh, I look after digital acquisition uh, and I'm the growth lead. So we have a new consumer proposition or newer consumer proposition, which is uh, crowdfunding, which allows people to uh, anyone to crowdfund for a good cause. So it doesn't have to be for a charity. It could be for a friend, stranger, or a community in need. Um, so basically, I've been a marketeer, essentially, for 14 years, uh, covering all the aspects of marketing from sort of newspaper ads years ago to radio ads, SEO, and, and sort of more recently around social media and, and digital so to give you sort of a long, boring journey, uh, I try and keep it short for everyone, is uh, it actually started before there was Google. So when I first started actually in, in online, it was more around Yahoo um, and actually the price comparison engines. So I started around, uh, I started internet marketing, I'd probably say uh, about 14 years ago properly and more professionally. So really what my journey was to go from, I started working in bars and realized that actually there's this thing called the internet and there was hundreds if not thousands of people using it. And could I get more people into the bar um, by offering them something? And actually that worked and getting groups of people was fairly easy at the time. And by giving them a little incentive, what that basically did was it gave me this little light bulb moment of, of understanding that. It is going to be a big thing, and there's something that will, you know, something that we'll all be using in the future. Uh, I was lucky enough to go and uh, basically go through two different uh, headhunting processes. Uh, one was to go to a computer store, and basically at the time there was the likes of Misco uh, who ended up getting bought by BT, and basically um, uh, what we used to do was we used to sell component, PC components and laptops. And basically what that meant was people would go online and try and find the cheapest laptop possible or find the best or fairest price laptop and my job pretty much was to make sure that the stock was on the website and that we appeared in any of the price comparison engines as quickly and as cheaply as possible so that meant trying to gamify uh, ebay and reduce a lot of the uh, reduce the price of the laptop but increase the price of delivery so it was really, back then, it was really trying to gamify how you used to appear on the internet. Uh, I went through a, uh, about a six-year phase in sort of mortgages and secured loans, and that was around like basically being a digital projects manager with a real emphasis on uh, SEO. So they gave me 555 different websites to play with, and I had two options given to me, We either have ranked number one for every keyword related to mortgages. Or if that failed, I'd have to make a mortgage search engine, which, uh, which is a lot harder than people think. So, But I remember one key part, actually, of, of my time in, in sort of mortgages and secured loans was actually when uh, mobile sites started to load quite, you know, under a minute on WAP. And that really struck a chord with me because I think what people didn't realize then was how addicted people would get and the dopamine kicks everyone would get constantly from their, um, from their mobile phone. So to fast forward a little bit, I went through and worked in two different agencies, and we worked with some of the large brands. And one of the brands was actually eBay. I remember being in a meeting in, uh, in Milan, and uh, one, of the, one of the senior managers at eBay at the time had said that they were selling daily, every day they were selling supercars on mobile phones and through mobile devices. And I couldn't get my head around how one transaction could be that valuable or that high. Some would trust their mobile to, to really buy a Ferrari or buy a McLaren. And then then if you think about it on scale, if people would, were willing to spend you know a number of zeros on one item, imagine what they're spending on multiple items. Um, then just to move forward quickly, I went through and met uh, two co-founders of business and they were uh, it was a business around vouchers and, and coupons. And it really, um, interestingly, it was an affiliate model, but what jumped out to me the most was these guys really understood forward thinking and really wanted to be ahead of the curve and realized how important the internet is and how important mobile would have been in that in that sort of area. And it really dawned on me that mobile was going to be part of almost every transaction that happened. Uh, I was went through that company went through an IPO and we went on to the stock market which gave me the opportunity to actually go out and, and uh, create my own consultancy and I worked with a lot of starter brands startup companies and challenger brands and what that really emphasized was where where would someone or where do those types of companies have their competitive advantage and most of the answers were around obviously online. Not necessarily through a website, but actually through the best possible mobile experience, whether that was through web or through app. So there was one occasion when I I'd worked with a delivery startup and they were a challenger brand. And I remember that the information that they could get from each user was so in-depth in and so ingrained that actually the CRM campaigns couldn't really uh, bucket people in as many segmentations as possible Whereas on the mobile, you could and you could really personalize the experience to everyone. So not just groups of people, but individuals and know so much about an individual that you could recommend a curry at 4.30 on a Sunday because, you know, that's what they're actually, they're, you know, most likely to order or might actually probably more more relevant is what they'd actually want to eat as opposed to, you know, a salad or something like that. So about 18 months ago, two years ago, uh, I was introduced to the CMO of Just Giving. And um, I was recommended by uh, some mutual contacts and uh, Charlie wanted me to join and be a part of uh, our, our, you know, just given and, and part of what we're trying to achieve here. And what was uh, re- what really stood out for me uh, for the year I was a consultant and a year ago I joined full time was how much traffic and how much penetration there were actually on mobile and how how many people this platform can really help and actually for a good cause.
1: So, so Danny, then, what is then to you? What is mobile giving to you? Because a lot of people have a lot of different conceptions of what it actually is, and why is it so important?
0: Sure, so for me, um, rather than to always concentrating on the financial element of it, I think the mobile giving to me is a format that allows anyone on almost any device, so whether it's a smartwatch, through voice, a headset, mobile, or even a desktop, and it's really to help Someone or help people, and I think what uh, mobile giving is to many people is obviously transactional. But I think for a lot of a lot of individuals, where money isn't always something that they can red, uh, readily donate to or give out, is actually they can support by you know sharing across social media. Uh, they could really you know they could text all of their friends or send a WhatsApp message, and and almost that's their transactional value. They're they're given a, an amplification or a donation through, not always monetary value, but something that's different or their way of helping. So, you know, for me and professionally speaking, it's really to be able to help causes and help people and what, what people actually care about. But I think what's, the, you know, what's really important because of any given moment, someone can do something amazing or could be part of something of, you know, just their friends or hundreds of people or thousands of people on a, on a general cause or they can make real change, I think that's where, you know, that's what people really want to get behind, and that's what mobile given to me really is. But I think, you know, in our crowdfunding product um, in the last year, we've particularly seen the huge growth, and majority of that actually takes place on mobile and or across multiple devices or multiple mobiles devices. So why it's really important is that you can really help a cause. You can really make change, and you can really change someone's life or a family's life, unfortunately, after bereavement, or you can really help uh, change the, the direction of a company through mobile giving. And I think that what people tend to think is, oh, I'm just going to donate £10, or I'm going to really help this Kickstarter campaign and donate £50 because I'm really into this cause. But I think but bigger than that, and a, and a bigger thing than that, is people feel like they can be part of something bigger, and their monetary value is just to start. And I think that's what mobile giving really is, and is to me. And I think that's what it it will become for many people in the future.
1: I mean, this this is this is absolutely fascinating. And I'm wondering if you can just give us a little bit more, um, like an example. So you mentioned there about the financial transaction. So somebody, if there's a Kickstarter campaign, you can just donate some cash or something. But you also mentioned um, other ways that you might be able to help someone. Like, for example, emotional help right for the family going through the bereavement but could you just give some examples of other forms of mobile giving as it were
0: sure so I think what we're what I think what most people realize now the internet is everyone's connected so whether that's the Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation or whether that's actually being connected to a story so powerful that you actually feel like you know the person or you know the, the the cause behind it so obviously a lot of big companies are very good at getting you affiliated with their brand. But interestingly, I think now what people can do and what people are doing really proactively is when they feel passionate or they're really touched by a story, they can reach out and they can email them directly and via contact forms or via Twitter or, or social media and really offer their support. And if someone's gone through something before and is very passionate about it, they will get behind the course. So whether that's you know, being an advocate and, and um, promoting that via their social media channels, whether that's actually going, finding a story and actually creating a cause themselves and really trying to get behind that person or that company and really amplifying that message. So I know some of the most successful campaigns on Kickstarter, obviously if some people find it on and discover it through YouTube um, and have never actually been on Kickstarter or, or, you know, a bit unsure of what that is. And we actually find uh, through a lot of the you know the press and PR that we get uh, just given is actually uh, the, the stories told by the page owner or the story hasn't been told in the right way. And it just means that someone else can help them tell the right story, and then that be amplified across that audience, and it can really resonate you know to millions of people. And um, so one one particular example we've had recently is. There was a Formula Four driver called Billy Munger, and he was 17, and he was in a, a racing crash. And in one day, there was uh, £500,000 raised uh, to support him and in his in his efforts to because he had to have both his legs amputated. But we had um, you know we had huge donations from uh, Formula One drivers, uh, MotoGP drivers. So, what was really um, what was sort of hugely influential in in seeing um, how, how you know the direct relationships happen is actually from uh, the Billy Munger page and seeing that children as young as four wanted to donate their pocket money, and it was this little you know it was their their weekly or their monthly pocket money as it was four pounds that you know the order they could to donate, but they really wanted to be a part of the story and really wanted to help um Billy in, in throughout his, you know, the difficult time of being a double amputee. And what that really did was that some of the, the comments and some of the, the stories that you, you actually get just through the donation messages are amazing. And what's really powerful is they will obviously all go to the page owner and to their family and they can really read through thousands of donations and and heartfelt messages. And we see that the the through the viral loop, just through networks and networks that once one person might even just comment on Facebook, it springs people into action, whether that's just engaging and reacting to the post or adding a comment or actually coming through and donating. And obviously about up to 80% of those people are on mobile devices. So that's really, really important, I think, in in how people can get behind something and give and what mobile do- uh, giving really is.
1: It's mm, fascinating. Would you say then, Danny, that... Um... I mean, you were mentioning that people and donors are becoming increasingly comfortable using mobile to make donations and to to give. But would you say that businesses and um, charities are becoming, like, you know, comfortable in the same way or are there still challenges?
0: Sure, I think, like anything, there's always going to be some hurdles and some challenges. Um, You know, I think a lot of businesses have the problem with where do they concentrate their time on and although someone might use their mobile for the first visit or the first transaction it doesn't mean that they're going to come back on that device or have different devices and I think a lot of uh, businesses and charities have the challenge uh, moving forward and you know for trust and getting people to have such a great experience on their mobile that they're willing to use it again and actually tell their friends that it's is trustworthy. You know, we we see, although my, the mobile is the primary device and it will be, you know, in the coming future and, and for the years to come, I think people still prefer to transact on a larger format. And I think that there's still a trust on being at a bigger screen or being in your home screen, at, you know, on your desktop or your iPad or your laptop at home than being on the move. But interestingly, mobile devices aren't always mobile, so people can... Can donate at home, uh, or they can they can raise money at home by sitting on their safe on on their mobile phone. One thing we seem to forget as as business owners and especially us in the bubble in London is that we still have uh, limited connectivity in some of the country and some of the, the sort of uh, the towns and and villages that still struggle to get 3G connection. So mobile isn't always the you know the number one or the first. Or only option that people have, uh, and also there's still um, challenges on people not always having uh, smartphones. So actually, there there are you know a significant percent of people that still only use um, or still use you know an old Nokia that still plays Snake. And I think we're seeing a resurgence of that through technology, where uh, Nokia and BlackBerry are releasing their their traditional or classic phones. But um, updating them to smartphones, and I think that will help people transition over time and obviously helping businesses move forward with that as well.
1: One of the other things you've been speaking about as well is this idea of um, behaviour. So it's not just a technological um, um, thing or it's not just a transactional thing, but actually this is a lot about behaviour. And I'm wondering how much, like to what extent does mindset play a role in people Um, um, I guess using their mobiles for donations I mean you talked about it briefly in terms of screen size etc but do you think mindset also plays a role in
0: how definitely definitely I think when you're on your mobile and you're on the go you have so many distractions and so many push notifications um, that actually it's quite distracting and usually on a bigger format that you don't have as many distractions coming in and you're not Obviously, on mobile, people tend to try and multitask or trying to get an answer really quickly. So I think actually that's a, that's something that people often don't always consider when they're in business or they don't really think about that mobile is great for getting knowledge instantly, but there's often a mindset around mobile that you, you don't always donate as much or when you're on the go, you, you don't think about it as much as you would when you're sitting down relaxed and on a, on a larger format. But I think with our uh, with a lot of the dopamine kicks that we get from the phone uh, and, you know, the flashing lights and, and the notifications and the likes, etc., I think people still have a, a tendency to, to spend less on mobile. And we see that quite, uh, quite regularly, actually, that uh, on mobile phones, people spend a little bit less than on desktop. But that's actually converging people of moving towards a higher donation or donating more via mobile but that will only increase once you know connectivity is better apps are better experiences are better and that people tend to trust more sites than just the just the supermarkets and the big companies like amazon that they use regularly
1: mm, mm. so um, um i'm wondering danny just in your perspective what would you say then are some of the um, key elements of adopting a successful mobile giving strategy
0: uh, so sort I've broken it down into I'd break it down into a few points. I'd say always on make sure that you're always up and you're never down because downtime on anything mobile or even if it's slow loading, people instantly distrust or have a real bad taste in their mouth. Um, I think being available on, on to be used on any device. So whether that's on your mobile, your iPad that you only use when you're sitting on the the sofa or in bed, or whether that's on a Kindle where people are, are, are commuting with Wi-Fi switched on, or, um, or actually, you know, a smaller form factor um, device. I think the ability to develop and offer the right technology, because often what people do is they try and sort of please all needs at once, as opposed to really you know, pleasing the, the important asks or needs from from the users. Um, I think being easy, is the, the, it sounds obvious, but I think you have to have zero barriers to entry. I think you have to sign in via a different account or you have to set up a dedicated account or you don't know your password or you can't log in via Facebook, which a lot of people still trust now. I think it really does hinder how your performance is seen and how your strategy will how you can uh, manoeuvre and improve your strategy on uh, sort of moving forward. I think being seamless, so if you're on a mobile and you actually are work mobile and you go onto your home mobile, that actually should be completely seamless. There there shouldn't be any friction at all there. And I think that's where, um, you know, the likes of Google and Amazon and some of the bigger apps have done particularly well, especially Facebook, is whatever device that you're on, you should have as similar an experience as possible or the best, most seamless experience. Uh, two others that i have sort of come off the top of my head is offering multi-currency because actually we live in a, almost, we should be living in a borderless world um, in 2017. So actually offering the currency that you want to pay in is really important. And we know from from every website that we use, any big website that they offer the currency, not only that, where you're based in but the currency that you are from home and often people don't offer multi-currency and that really hinders your internet your you know sort of your global strategy and people wanting to support your cause overseas and the last one I can really think of is actually being able to play in the native environment so actually allowing you know the payment methods like Apple and Android there are exceptions where they don't allow you to offer it but actually allowing seamless payment method that's saved on your phone is really important and that's something you should and I think businesses should be working towards or leveraging really quickly because if you have to go and find your credit card or you don't remember the number or you don't remember your PayPal password often that really does hinder your your performance and if you can do it on web and especially in Safari and in app then you're, you're way ahead of, of many other Competitors, and I think that's your, you know, sort of your USP or your leverage point that you have.
1: Absolutely, um, Danny. What you know, that was great. But what do you see as the, um, I guess, the major changes um, that are kind of that are coming in the next eighteen months in the mobile giving landscape? Like, do you see, for example, other technology or behavioural trends taking their place or kind of being added? to the mobile giving landscape?
0: Yeah, sure. I, th- I think there's a few things. I think there's no doubt better tech coming. I think, you know, we're, we're almost plateaued a little bit on the smartphone technology. It's often just the cameras that they improve, but I think a lot of the, you know, the sort of the new processing units and the bigger storage will actually, it will, they will come out and they'll really improve how mobile giving and the landscape in, in sort of the next 12 to 18 months. I think there'll be more mobile focus. I think people will start realising that mobile is is actually a viable option or, you know, for some people it's mobile only. I think machine learning is going to be used to to be a real recommendation engine and help create the most accurate projects to support. So I think what will actually happen is we'll learn so much about individuals that we'll be able to recommend things before they've even thought about it will be able to really help people understand that they can make change. And that's through like personalisation and understanding a lot about the people that look like you, that act like you, that you can be a part of or join, uh, or you can do it individually. I think actually where we're seeing a lot of uh, mobile giving change at the moment is um, people supporting individuals, so actually asking their friends and family and their community to support them. So it doesn't just have to be um, for a big cause or a company. It can actually be for you in your in your situation. Um, so I think that will continue to improve. Um, I think the likes of Patreon, Indiegogo, and their products will, will continuously improve. And I, I think people will want to join those types of movements because it gives you more flexibility and options. That also will mean that people will move towards more campaigns and teams. So I think individuals will join together and try and fight for the cause together or wider causes. Um, And two last ones that I can think of is, you know, sort of the global leading brands really joining the party. And for many people that will scare them, but I think what that will actually do is allow technology to move on and they'll offer them as the third party support. So whether you go up against an Amazon or a Facebook or a Twitter or an Apple what that will mean is mass adoption. So if you're you know, if you've got a good strategy and a really good product, people will help will help you, your company and your cause. So I think that's, you know, it, it's all about the individual then, not necessarily about the company that you're connected to. And one thing I think will change is will have more four G connection. I think, you know, like in London we're lucky enough to have it. But um in other big cities I think they'll also have it. And hopefully in America, they'll have a bigger adoption of 4G and it won't be as expensive over there because everyone still hunts for Wi-Fi and it's like the sixth, you know, the sixth most important thing in people's lives is Wi-Fi. So, and being always on. So I think that'd be much better and quicker technology for us all to use. And I think that would help change the landscape and really evolve what what people are offering and what they can do with the technology.
1: Um, Danny where can people find out more about you and your work
0: so as, as I jokingly said at the beginning um, I'm one of two Danny Denhards um, so I tend to be fairly active on Twitter um, less so than I used to be um, but I'm always I basically have open DMs so if anyone wants to ask me a question or contact me they can uh, LinkedIn is one place that you know I think we're Loads of us are on, and it's a great place to connect. Um, I share a lot of the talks and the conferences I speak at over on SlideShare, um, so I'm just Danny Denhard on those. Um, but I've, you know, I've got a website and I'm active in most places, so I'm always willing to connect and, and talk to people if they've got any questions or or just want to talk through their their mobile given landscape.
1: Awesome, um, Danny. I've got one more quick question, and this was about micro targeting because you meant you mentioned it in not so many kind of words before and I'm wondering what the effects of like if for example if people can be targeted by advertising or campaigns as it were um, on the individual level because of the mobile devices what implications do you see of that and I'm thinking particularly of things like privacy or um, um, yeah what implications do you see of that
0: I think there's there'll be two camps to this. I think there'll be some people that find it very useful and I think so, um, they'll really enjoy and embrace the change and actually want to be a part of, of being targeted with the information that they want to be targeted with and they want to be a part of and know about the products. And I think, you know, they're, they're the early adopters and people that know there's an exchange through when you use something for free that there is an exchange on advertising and targeting. I think one side, that the other side is actually where people uh, won't like it and they'll feel like it's uh, an invasion of privacy. I think where technology will will really have to improve is allowing people to opt in and opt out of that. Um, you know, we've we've all heard the stories of people finding out they're pregnant because of their search behaviour and being targeted by ads and by direct mail. I think what will happen is some people will find out that they're uh, friends and family potentially are ill or looking to move away and cause and cause real problems in their home lives or, or indeed in the office. so I think what' we'll, what we'll see is technology will improve there'll be better ad blockers. One thing I've been saying for a little while and I think you know everyone in ads were worried that ad blocking was really going to impact more than 20% of people. But if we are all using mobile 80% of the time and there's ad blockers on mobile, and they come as default. Advertisers won't be able to won't be able to have as much information, as much useful information on people. So I think there'll be two. Yeah, I think there'll be two sides to it. I think some people will embrace the exchange that you have, but I think there'll be a large portion of people that are on their mobile that don't realise a lot of the information that's collected, and won't like it, and will want to opt out. What I'd say is it's a core responsibility for. For advertisers and marketers not to over advertise and really only advertise the really important or most useful information. So if you're retargeting someone across every website that they go on with a really irrelevant message that's re- that's going to hinder everyone, not just your own campaign, it will hinder your competitors and and the vertical as a whole. So the landscape for me will targeting will always improve. But the privacy side is it will be a real concern for a lot of people, and I know how a lot of people are moving away from their social media accounts because they realise they're always logged in, and these um, you know platform behemoths are collecting so much information they can target you to to the minute, let alone to to your personality type or, or what you've interacted with. So I can see it changing. But one you know one core benefit of it is. Some really big companies will be able to predict what you want and will send you the list of shopping you should order if you if you order you know you order, you order regularly and also some companies actually give you discounts because of um, your search behavior. So that'd be an interesting space for us to see. I think people will start saving money from from targeting, but it has to be the right way. And I think if people continuously overuse it or use it in the wrong way, then I think we'll be We'll have, uh, a, as marketeers, we'll have a tricky, a tricky 12 to 18 months while we actually understand what it means. Well,
1: Danny, thanks so much for being a part of the show today. It was really enlightening, and thanks for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us.
0: No worries, my pleasure.